Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Believe in Arizona Football Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in our team. Do you believe? My name is Eddie Law, and my co-host, as always, is former Arizona Wildcats corner, number five in your programs. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Shaq Richardson. Shaq, the, the one thing we didn't want to happen this season, I mean, the, the, the one thing we didn't want to happen, it, it, it happened. We, Arizona goes up to Tempe, loses 14-24 to to, to, to AS Who, the Sun Devils. And um, look, man, let's talk about the, the, the first half. First half was solid. The defense – you know, showed up. I mean, the score at the end of that, at the end of the half, was, was what seven to six. Yeah. I mean, defense showed up for the first half, and then the second half, just the wheels fall off all over the place. Like, just as far as the first half alone, what did you think? Oh, I think the first half we were stopping the run pretty well, and then the second half they came out with a new game plan and you know halftime adjustments or whatever, and I think they scored like two touchdowns or something in that mm-hmm. uh, in that third quarter alone. So they got most of their points from that third quarter, which is. Just, just you know, just some halftime adjustments. They got some, uh, you know, uh, NFL veteran coaches and right. staff members over there. So they made some adjustments to get their running back going because their running back was – we were stopping the run in the first half. But that second half, he just came out and, you know, ran it all over the place. Yeah, I mean, Eno Benjamin, 34 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns for the game. Uh, I think he caught three balls for 14 yards. But, I mean, the game was – it was – at the end of the half, they were asking Herm Edwards, like, hey, what do you think about the game so far? A little scoring. And Herm Edwards said it himself. He goes, I have a feeling that's going to change in the second half. And, boy, was he right because he oh, was man. not playing. He was just like, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're going to – you're, you're the guy. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, we had some guys competing, too. The joiner, uh, Jamari Joyner, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was balling. Uh, I like him. He's a freshman. So, I, I mean – you know, they got some good players, but I want to see our good players, you know, uh, continue to develop and get to that level to where they can stand up in these type of games. Right. Jordan showed up for, for a freshman to show up for a game, a rivalry game like this, to, to put the numbers he put up, seven catches, 140 yards, two touchdowns. He scored all our points. Oh, he scored he, all our points. That's he got everything. Oh, yeah, exactly. There you go. Points. And, and all season long, for every, every loss, I remember you've been telling me every single game that we've lost, especially, we need to put up points. And we have a guy that can put up points right here with Joyner. Yeah, for sure. He's going to be a reliable target for us moving forward to next year. You know, this season is kind of, you know, well, it, it is over now. And we struggled all season, especially mm-hmm. the back half of the season. The first half of the season, we competed well, ran the ball well, had turnovers on defense. All those type of little things just uh, went to the wayside. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. with. I don't know what the difference is from the beginning of the season to the, uh, to the second half of the season, but – I know Coach Sumlin needs to figure it out, and when we approach that time again next year, we got to make mm-hmm. some adjustments. Right, and real quick, before we talk about the defense in the second half especially, but let's talk about Khalil Tate. You know, the, the, the de facto, you know, by default, basically, leader of this team is usually the quarterback, right? He comes out 22 for 38, two touchdowns. He threw three picks, right? Now, in the first half, he looked solid. He was running the ball well. He ended the game with 11 carries, 78 yards. He wasn't doing what we, we see. He wasn't doing as much of what we've seen, we seen him do on every loss, which is, you know, snap the ball and start running to the sideline immediately. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was, he was looking to go uphill pretty quick. But to throw three picks for the first time in his career, and, I mean, to do it in this game, in, in a rivalry game like this, I mean, what, what do you think about Cleo, Cleo Tate's just overall career at Arizona? 
Well, his overall career, he started off very hot. I mean, he showed us a lot of good things, a lot of, you know, athleticism, a lot of, uh, like, wild moments, a lot of great plays. Uh, but towards the end, you know, he, he uh, fell off a little bit in the past game. He still was electrifying. But as far as his, uh, you know, quarterback rating, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, he fell off a little bit right there. But, I mean, he's just a great athlete and a great competitor. I want to see uh, – I would like to see more, like, on the mental part of the game, you know, like, leading the team, having confidence, reading mm-hmm. and executing the offense. Uh, but, you know, I was happy to, uh, to have him play for us. And uh, he, he'll uh, be one of the good quarterbacks that we had if not passing for sure, rushing the ball. Right. And, and I mean, in this game, he wasn't that bad in the first half, right, With, with uh, against ASU. At the first half, he went 13 for 23, 125 yards. That first touchdown to Joyner, and I think it was like a 40-some-yard bomb that he threw, and he got that first touchdown. He did have the, the first, his first pick in the first half, but he took us into the half 7-6. to six. Then, uh, you know, overall, the offense is pretty solid. You know, 220 total yards. Now, the defense in the first half was – Pretty damn good, to be honest with you. So first half, they they held defense, or uh, the defense held ASU, and almost shut them out on third down conversions. Like they, they you know, they forced two field goals. Yeah, held, yeah, we're playing pretty good. Yeah, ASU got held down to 146 total yards, man. 146 total yards in the first half, and then they blew up in the second half with the running game. But it was the fir- our first lead, man. This is the, the the stat that blew my mind. This was our first lead in a game since the first quarter against Stanford in October at 26 of this uh, this season. I mean, terrible. yeah, I mean, that's, like, terrible. that's what you want. Like, that first half that they, they played those kind of what you want out of that, especially out of the defense, but that's, that's kind of what you want out of your team there. And the second half, ASU just blew up. First, yeah, come, you know, on, like you said. on top of that, on top of that, we also like, we hurt ourselves a lot with penalties with right. you know, miscommunication and stuff like that. Uh, our, our Aaron, some of our Aaron throws, like some of those interceptions were Aaron. We had a lot of penalties. We, uh, I was watching the game and I realized that we were beating ourselves a lot of those times. Like, sputtering on drives or giving mm-hmm. up, you know, missed tackles or not giving a proper effort or, you know, whatever, uh, multiple things that was happening. But I, I noticed that we could play well if we didn't beat ourselves, you know. Right. I don't, they, they, didn't, they didn't do anything to hurt themselves as much as we did to beat ours. And we were still competitive until, you know, I mean, we only lost by 10 points. But that's a competitive game. But when you beat yourselves, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't even expect to be even that close. Right, and, and you know the the turnovers had a lot to do with that. Like you said, the penalties had a lot to do with that, and and um, you know it, it doesn't hurt that the uh, that the other team is a lot of a uh, you know former pro college you know coaches being able to make adjustments for them. So right, I think as a team, I think as a team we have to, uh, or as as a program, we gotta uh, teach the uh, our players to be more disciplined and have, you know, more uh, like a more disciplined type of mindset to football and understanding the game a little better mm-hmm. and what type of things make a team lose and what type of things make a team win in close games and stuff like that. Like teams like the good teams, at least Patriots and teams like that, they don't right. beat themselves. You know, they, they let the other team make mistakes. More games are lost than they are won. That's a little, uh, a little nugget of wisdom, football wisdom. More games mm-hmm. are lost than they are won. So we did a lot. We did a lot of things that, uh, helped us lose the game more so than I feel like they did to win the game. Right, and, and I, I believe you're you're right with that one. Um, and now speaking as far as uh, of take, talking about the defense, he he had a, he had a quote in the in the post game press conference. He said, "quote The defense played well tonight. I think it doesn't help when the offense isn't isn't as efficient as we can be to keep them off the field for a long enough period. They played well, but we have to do better on offense. When you're on on the defensive end, when you're on the field." 
for that as long as they were right for this game after the interceptions and the turnovers and all that. I mean, that takes that takes uh, that kind of takes the, the the wind out of your sails. And we started seeing stuff out of, for example, Schooler going with these one arm tackles, letting you know Benjamin go right by him. I mean, you yeah. saw the same stuff that I was seeing too. Yeah, you know, we had terrible tackling. That was a clear as day. One arm tackles, like jumping and lunging, no effort. You know, it's a rivalry game for real. So we trying to take your head off, not trip mm-hmm. you. So like, I feel like we were doing a lot of, a lot of you know lackluster effort and commitment to you know finishing the plays and everything. I feel like when people miss tackles as a defense, you got to run to the ball. If everybody's running to the ball, when I when I play football, I run to the ball as if everybody in front of me is gonna miss the tackle. Mm-hmm. So just in case everybody in front of me misses the tackle, I'm in that perfect place to boom, come finish the play, you know? And that's the type of defense that you want because if somebody misses a the tackle, they don't get hella yards after because you got other players on the team running. But our middle linebacker for sure has a tackle better. What year schooler? I'm interested. You know. Schooler, I wanna say he's still an underclassman. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a senior yet. All right, well, no well, offense, but he no offense, but he's gotta get a lot better this offseason. You know? Yeah, he's a junior. To be starting again next year. Yeah, he's a, he's a junior. He ends the season with uh, one and a half sacks, sixty-four solo uh, tackles. Sixty-four tackles. Yeah, for the season. I remember Scooby had like one forty. Oh yeah, yeah. Scooby was a different cat though. <laughs> that's the type of catch we need for sure. You know? Like we don't need we don't need sixty tackles, bar Mike. We need a hundred plus tackles by at least one of our backers. We need at least four or five interceptions at least by somebody in the secondary. And we need at least somebody up front that can start pushing for double-digit sacks. That's the only way that you got you to have, like, playmakers in certain positions for your defense to make impact plays like that. And we didn't have none of that this year. We had turnovers at first and then just stopped. I don't know. Right. They, they blew, I mean, Whitaker looked like he was going to have a, a career, right. you know, breakout year. And then this, he disappeared, man. We had three guys with three interceptions, didn't we? Yep. We had, like, two or three yep. guys with three interceptions. And then all of a sudden – they don't have any more interceptions. That's not 100% the the player's fault, if that's the case. Because mm-hmm. you got to be put in the right situation to make plays. And clearly, we were in the right situation at first. And either injury or whatever the case may be, we, you know, fell off. Right. The other linebacker on the season that that, that was showing flashes of, uh, of, you know, just promise, Tony Fields, junior out of, out of Las Vegas. He ends with uh, 58 solo tackles, one and a half sacks, a forced fumble, and an interception. Um, but like you like say, you need more out of him. Yeah, I like I liked his energy though. I feel like he mm-hmm. did, did he well, did he play all season? Because he really started coming on towards the end of the season more so than the beginning. They had him in and out of there, and then once yeah. like you said, once he came on, they were just throwing him out yeah. there as much as they could. Right. So they probably should have. Well, I don't know about probably should have, but uh, that was good that they let him play more. I mean, the season over with by that time, but mm-hmm. he, he should be a a good a player for us moving forward. He got to grow, of course, and work hard in his offseason to fix all the things that, uh, that you know, that he can in his offseason. But I like him. Right. And then the other guy that we saw do, you know, do pretty solid this season, Lorenzo Burns, uh, junior out of California, ends with 35 solo tackles, four picks. Um, yeah, four picks on this team for, for him alone is pretty solid. Yeah, that is good. I think my best, my best year, I think, was four interceptions. Really five, but no, nah, yeah. I, I mean – that was a, that's a good four, – four is a good number for, mm-hmm. you know, a corner with no pass rush. That's right. That clear. So, any interceptions with no pass rush is good. But we 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 need, you know – he could have been way better. Our whole secondary could have done way better if we had some pressure up front on the quarterback. 
So yeah. really, you could you could like rave about how many picks we had or anything right. like that. But if you don't got no pass rush, then you know it's gonna be hard to maximize opportunities. I mean, since you and when yeah, now you mentioned the pressure and everything. I mean, Jace Whitaker ends with three interceptions, and we're talking three from him, and you know, uh, I think three. I just said three from Lorenzo, one from from Fields. I mean, you make a really good point right there. If there was pressure on the quarterback, you probably that that number's way higher. We were like, we were leading the country for a minute, right? Because you get more tips and overthrows, you get more mistakes, you get more like people ner- quarterbacks nervous about mm-hmm. the pass rush, so they throw you know Aaron throws. We wasn't getting that, my friend. Yeah, no, not we not, not getting, at all. Right, we was getting you know clear pockets and big lanes to run in, and teams didn't even have to be put in situation where they have to throw. You know, when right. you stop the run, you make them one dimensional, then. Then once you make it one dimensional, then you could attack the the pass rush moves and you know the the rush ends and things like that. But we didn't even we weren't able to do that all year long. So I mean these are fun. These are just some, a few fundamental things that we're gonna have to fix during all season. That's really gonna be predicated off of getting some of the better players that are in the country, better high school players, mm-hmm. uh, to commit to our school and commit to uh, working hard and making plays. Right. And and literally like the day after the game, they had all, you know, all the coaches, the guys that weren't, you know, and the head coach obviously as well, but they had all the positional coaches going out there and recruiting in Arizona. And then uh, if you guys, if anyone follows the, you know, the, the, the U of A uh, Twitter account, actually, they'll actually post when guys are out there recruiting at what state. So I think today I saw they're out in Texas the day after the game they were, they were, you know, all around, you know, the Phoenix area and yeah. the Scottsdale area and everything. So, I mean, they're, they're out there recruiting and trying to get these guys that we need. Hopefully, a lot of guys that fight, like J.J. Taylor, you know, mm-hmm. dudes like that that we need on this team. Yeah, for sure. Some talent. Need some talent. It's hard to see. It's hard to find. It's hard to see. But, you know, we got to get it. Right. Exactly. Guys that say, with talent and guys that care. So, first half of the season, again, we started off like 4-1. and one. That, that loss to Hawaii was a shootout. That was, you know, I mean, we, what are you going to do? Then uh, – Built off four in a row, and that's when the wheels fell off after that. So, finished the season, seven losses in a row, no bowl game. And, you know, the one that hurts the most is the loss to ASU. But, you know, it, it's – it's it, it's I, I don't know what you would call this. It's it's someone's second year, right? And, yeah. I mean, it's real. Right after the game, I immediately went to social media to see what fans were saying. Everyone starts calling for, for, for someone's head for some reason. They want him, you know, fired. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't think he – I don't think – I don't think it's completely his fault that, you know, he's having to work with somebody else's talent. What do you think? No, it's not his fault at all. You know, we didn't really have a stable quarterback to begin with. So I feel like any team that's good right now in the NCAA has a good quarterback. I feel like any team that's good right now uh, has a good defense and stop the run and can run the ball. So I feel like it will be Sumner's responsibility in these next year and the year after that with mm-hmm. Danell, his first year. You see Joyner, he's a freshman. Like, I feel like these guys need to make the biggest jump between uh, their freshman year and their sophomore year to to help Sumner out. You know, he can't he can't play the games, to be honest. Right. So, uh, we need – but he, he is in control of their development. And if they develop – their skills that they already have and we can see that they have they have some talent and some skills so we need that developed we need to protect it by the whole line and that's that's really his job to get you know the right type of players in here to mm-hmm. do what they need him to do 
It's a player's league. All leagues, all, all sports, player sport, player league, you know. So it's going to be up to, you know, the players to uh, turn it around. Right, right. Now, the Arizona Athletic Director already came out and said that Kevin Sumlin is going to stay. He is going to be the head coach in 2020. Uh, he talked about, you know, this is going to be the third year of this, you know, rebuilding, uh, you know, era that we're in. And Kevin Sumlin in the post game, basically his message overall to the Wildcats fans is trust the process, right, in, in recruiting and building these guys up and getting the right guys in there and getting the right starters going. But, um, like, I, don't, I just don't see any reason why, why – I don't understand why people are trying to get him fired or anything, but uh, overall, I think we're solid now. As far as the D, the, the the DC the the uh, coordinator, um, I haven't seen whether Chuck Cecil is going to stay or not. Yeah. But what do you think we should do with that? Try and get him back or, or find somebody new? Oh man, that's a very it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a loaded question, a little bit. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, I would actually like to coach at Arizona one day. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that's not a question that I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> would be to answer. But I like the I like some things that uh, that they did in the back back half of the season, mm-hmm. um, as far as blitzing more and you know situational type things. I feel like uh, an average talent player could be a good player if they're taught the game of football. Mm-hmm. So uh, putting putting them in situations where you know why they're in that situation and calling certain calls and why you're calling the calls will help the players uh, be uh, in the right place at the right time or have the right idea of what's, the, what's coming for them. So uh, I also think we need uh, to just teach the kids really, you know, the game of football. I haven't met, um, I haven't met the D coordinator or, or anybody on that staff really except a couple, uh, couple, couple people on the staff, but I haven't mm-hmm. met, you know, who we're talking about now. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the couple things we're doing at the end of the year. We just need somebody, some people that, to actually get the job done, I think uh, if he, if if he goes in his off season teaching a lot of the reasons why and so like that because he's a very smart you know uh, experienced football uh, mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think the players need to be able to grasp grasp what they're being taught and be taught the right things. So you know that's going to be uh, the challenge for him going into this off season next year. I don't know if they should you know I don't know who they should hire. I would mm-hmm. love to you know be a part of the staff and give my input to the players or however, you know, it could be uh, welcomed. But, you know, that that's going to be interesting to see. Oh, absolutely, man. Now, overall, now that the season's over and a lot of people were saying, like, oh, finally, we're done, you know. It's – um, well, you know, it, it's, 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 it kind of sucks to have that kind of mindset about yeah. it. But yeah, after but... seven in a row, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you're a boxer, you're just eating jabs the whole time. You want the round to end already, you know, so you can take a breath. But – as far as this season goes, man, how would you like sum it up? How would you describe what the season was? Well, it was four and eight, so you know that's what the season is. The record is what the season. <laughs> yeah, is. four and eight, four and eight, no bowl win, no bowl game. So it's not a, uh, it's not a uh, step in the right direction. We have to pull the things that were right uh, from this season and promote them to the front, you know, and then fill out, fill out the back end of the roster with more positive things that could develop into successful, you know, habits and successful, um, you know, just a successful program, really. Uh, and I see that ASU made a lot of, um, you know, big-time coaching, you know, or staff hires, you know, these right. past couple of years. And I think that's helping them out. They're, they're 75, 75, so it's not like they're, you know, a 10-win team either. Right. But, but you know, I think this is – we got to improve everything from the top down. 
that's coaching, that's that's playing, that's you know everything, recruiting. That's the whole program needs to improve. We got a great campus facility. We got you know great views, great time. I had a great time in Arizona. Uh, we just gotta compete more on the football field. I hear that, man. I hear that. All right. Folks, if you enjoyed this show, please help us out by hitting that subscribe button on the iTunes and leave us a rating if you'd be so kind. We are available on your favorite podcast outlet, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on social media. All right. So what are you hoping for for next season? Like, you know, when, once we get, let's say, let's say we, you know, we fast forward to the end of next season. What are you hoping we're able to say? The end like, of next season? Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of next season, we should have uh, – hopefully we should have a damn All-American. I want at least one All-American player, somebody that could come out and be special and be like, you know, oh, that guy is – I want some NFL talent on the field. We need NFL talent. We need players that, that are getting drafted. We need, we need things like that. If we have things like that, that will also promote recruiting for the future. That will also, you know, promote wins. That will also promote promotion period, like, you know, like promotion in the NCAA in general, having, you know, a place where talented players could come and have success and go to the NFL. I honestly think the main message for these kids, if you're a football coach, should be that you can develop your kid and get them to the NFL if that's their goal. If they fall short of that goal, they can also have an education and pursue a career with whatever they choose, with that opportunity that they have. So I would, I would recruit kids telling them that, you feel me? If you come here, we could prepare you and get you ready for leave. Of course, you got to be able to back that up. You can't just have lip service because everybody's saying the same thing and people have proven track records. But I think that's one of the main ways to recruit these young kids that want to live out their dreams, you know. Um, I, would, I would hopefully, you know, have way more wins than this year, go to a bowl game. You know, it's a lot of things that I hope and wish for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a long time from now, though. Right. You, you got to build to it, man. It's, it's uh, very rare that any program goes to where, you know, four and eight to out of nowhere, you know, crazy aspirations for, you know, high rankings and, yeah, and, and playoff happen. games. It could happen, though. Oh, it could happen, definitely. Could Maybe definitely not, happen. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, I would never not say that we couldn't make the playoffs, but right. I, think that, I think any Pac-12 uh, winner should make the playoffs because our, our conference is competitive. So, um, any one loss, like Utah, they should go to the uh, the playoffs for sure but I feel like like Utah Utah wasn't wasn't good you know when I right. played them for sure you know just in a short you know five years or however, however long it's been you know they've turned their program around so I think it's really about uh something in his four years that he has just like all the players have four years to leave a mark on the program he he has a chance to do that in two years to uh develop his players and recruit his type players and go forward and have success. And I think that's when we'll start to, you know, judge Coach Sumlin on his success at Arizona. All right. Well, hey, there you go, folks. It's uh, It's been a rough season. And, uh, you know, we, we, we learned a lot about our team. We learned a lot about the uh, personnel. We learned a lot about football, really. So let's hope for the best of next season. So, Shaq, if you want to go ahead and throw out your uh, your social media out for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all can check me out on Twitter, dr4rich with two H's. Go ahead and hit me up. Follow me. If you got any questions, you know, I'm, I'll answer some questions about football, Wildcats. You know, I'm a alumni, so I love the school. And I'll uh, be back next year. We'll be back next year talking new games, having new, yes, sir. Uh, new topics, talking about new hot stuff and big wins and big plays. So I'm excited.
All right, me too, man. Me too. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at ELaw32. That's E-L-A-W-3-2. That's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. We had a blast this season. We appreciate everyone that tuned in and subscribed and listened. And um, well, for myself and my co-host, Jack Richardson, thank you for believing. We'll catch you guys next time. And go Wildcats. Yes, sir. Bear down. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.